Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, and once you get that, you can mark that spot, then we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, and then you can be seated, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, say amen when you're there, all right. If you have the Bible app, feel free to open that up. All the notes and the scriptures are, are in there today, and uh, you can pull up the Bible app. We had some difficulties with it last week, but it is up there. I checked it this morning myself, and uh, so open the Bible app. If you're wondering what that is, peek beside someone by you, so I don't have to explain it all, but you can see it and you can have it. Romans chapter 8, verse. Uh, we're going to start with verse 32, and uh, we'll just read that one, then we'll move on. It says, uh, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how will he not also with himself freely give us all things and then proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and verse 6 one that you were all very familiar with it says trust in the lord how about we read it all out loud together amen let's do that it's on the screen say it out loud with me trust in the lord But in all of your ways, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Oh, I'm sorry, all of your heart. Okay, my version says some. No, it really doesn't. Jump back with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Reading again. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. The word their own is, it's important that we understand this. Uh, traditionally, it's, it's, it's a word that means property. That's, that's literally what that word means in the Greek. It means property. So when you're reading about it, think about it this way. God is saying, he who did not spare his own property. Jesus is the father. The father was in Jesus Jesus is the Father's Son. It's His property. He's saying He didn't spare His own property, His own Son, but freely gave Him up for us all. How much more, not also with Him, will He freely give us all things? You know, we're, we're, we're nearing Christmas, and by the way, uh, Merry Christmas if I, if I don't get to see you on Christmas Eve, um, for our Christmas Eve service. But, but Merry Christmas to you. And, and uh, you know, we're coming into a time where, where I know all the children in the house have great expectations all the teenagers in the house said amen yeah um if you you missed out on a chance teenager if you're sitting next to your parents to let them know uh it was straight from the lord pastor matt you know whatever you're asking for he just says it right there amen how much more will he give us all things and you're saying holy cow i didn't even know that was in the bible but it's there now that doesn't mean necessarily all things right but we're coming to time of christmas time alan said you know you might not have a pulse right if you don't like this time of year i love this time of year and we play christmas music around the office we play it on direct tv we've got music channels and we're playing it at our house in the mornings and and singing and i know my kids love my singing early in the mornings you know my dad used to do that we didn't have an alarm clock my dad's here by the way and and, and he he was fighting a tough sickness i, I tried to talk to him uh this this week this weekend he couldn't talk he didn't have a voice but uh he had to go preach this morning so god gave him a voice and uh it's called my mother but um i'm just kidding 
I shouldn't make fun of the person who loves me the most, right? Um, <laughs> my other mother said amen. Um, and my mother-in-law's here today. I mean, and my daughter. I mean, I've got like four or five moms. I mean, my, my daughter bosses me around anyway. So, uh, but... But my dad used to wake us up. He was the alarm clock in the house. And this is how he would do it. Apparently, you're one as well. He would yank the covers. Not, I mean, not gently pull them off and say, oh, come on, son. It's time to get up and let's get ready for school. I mean, the covers would be yanked off you. Every light in the universe would pop on. And he would start whistling and singing like obnoxious morning songs, you know. And... And, you know, of course, when you get into your teenage years, they become even worse. But, but guess what I've started doing? I've started yanking covers and, and singing in the morning. And, and, and I know my kids love that. I mean, Christmas time, it's a great time to sing Christmas songs in the morning and, and uh, just have the joy of the Lord in the morning. Now, if I'm being candid and transparent with you, I'm really not a morning person. Like, I have to work at it to even hear my own voice in the morning. And so, but, uh, but I love this time of year and it's a great time because we get to express our love for one another. Uh, there is a book that Gary Smalley wrote. He's a Christian therapist and it's called the five love languages. If you've read that book before, would you wave your hand in the air? Like you just don't care. All right. So Holly and I read that It was part of our premarital counseling that we did. And, and, uh, we read that book and, and we found out some great things about each other. Like one of my love languages is gifts. Like I love receiving gifts. And I have a birthday around the corner, actually. My dad's got one around the corner. I'm just saying, you know. <clears throat> but in all seriousness, I, that's how I express myself. I love to give things. That's, that's just me. That's my mom's language, and I thank the Lord for that. But um, it's always good to have one parent who has a gift, of the love gift. Amen? Come on. Kids, teenagers said amen to that for sure. You know, I mean, it's always good to have a parent who, whose love language is gifts because you get to be the recipient of it. And so... But that's one of my love languages. I love to express myself in, in giving gifts to people. And uh, I write letters to our church people. I, I, uh, those that are close to me, I love to give gifts. And, and so, and I like, I expect that back. And so over 16 years of marriage, I have reinforced that over and over that I love gifts. And, of course, Christmas time is a great way to express that. We have a lot of gifts that we can give. And with gifts, with presents, comes the expectation that you're going to get what you asked for, right? I mean, after all, you didn't just say it so your parents or your wife or your husband could hear you say it out loud. You said it because I want this, not something that's similar to it, but I want that thing right there. And uh, so the expectation is that you're going to get what you asked for, right? And so... We have, a, we have a clip that we want to show you. It's a, it's a movie, I think, that we're all very familiar with. Um, but we're going we're gonna to roll this clip. Thumbs up. And uh, check this out. Did you have a nice Christmas? Yeah, pretty nice. Good. Did you get everything you wanted? Mm, almost. Almost, huh? Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's life. Well, it's always next Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Hey, that's so funny. What's that over there behind the desk? Where? Oh, behind the desk, there's the wall over there. Let's go check it out. Come on. What 
there. Oh, uh, I'm telling you, Santa Claus probably wanted it. and your coat. It's cold out. I, I had one when I was eight years old. What if he hurts himself? Yeah. Hey, your coat! Don't shoot any animals or birds. Except the bumpers and dogs. Oh, Be careful, Ralphie. Now, it is well known throughout the Midwest that the old man is a turkey junkie. Oh, man. Okay, if you remember the story, you'll shoot shoot your eye out and then of course he does yeah he makes up a story the icicle fell off the roof right great expectations you know with expectations sometimes comes disappointment in life right when we expect certain things and and sometimes when life doesn't turn out the way we wanted it we we get disappointed um i know my wife has gotten bull you know she's received bowling balls for her birthday and fishing rods and ammunition and and she gets disappointed, and I don't know why, but, but in all seriousness, expectation. It's a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future, a belief that someone will or should achieve something. One more time, an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future, a belief that someone will or should achieve something. Isaiah 55, 11, one of my, my favorite verses of all time, it says, uh, so will be my word which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent. The Lord is saying that his word that goes from out from his mouth, that it will accomplish what it was sent to do and it will be successful in what it was sent to do. Amen? So what that means for us as a Crossroads family today, for you where you sit in that chair is the thing that you're bringing before the Lord, if it's a, a matter of a healing or a miracle of a financial miracle in your, not, uh, in your life, uh, if you need a, a raise at, 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 at your work, if you're looking for a promotion, if you're looking for a different situation, if you need God to move in your life or your family, he's saying there's things that you can expect from him. And he tells us that in Romans 8.32 why we can expect those things. Because God says in his word, that if I'll give you my one and only son, that if I'll lead off with the best thing, how much more will I not give you the very thing that you're asking for? Now look at your neighbor and say, get ready to ask. Get ready to ask God, to seek and ask and to knock and to talk to him and to tell him the thing that you need in your life. Now often our needs and our wants blend together, don't they? 
You ever see this in our kids? My son hasn't inherited a gene from me that I think I inherited from my father and who he probably inherited from his father and so on down the line. I don't know, but, but this idea that I just need to, I spontaneously sometimes need to purchase things. Anyone else in here have that gift as well? It is a spiritual gift, by the way. But, obviously I'm kidding. Um, yes, Lord, I will purchase that. I can sometimes be a spontaneous shopper. You know, you're sitting in the checkout line, you're like, I don't need another flashlight, but there's a flashlight right there. Feel like I should have that. And then you start thinking, you know, what if the apocalypse happens? What if all electricity goes out? Get that. Oh, there's, there's a laser pen. I should get that laser pen because I can point at it. You know, and so my son, we were out doing some Christmas shopping yesterday for the women in our family. And uh, we were shopping. And it became, soon it became about us. And we forgot why we were there. And we're walking. And men, if you've ever ventured through women's areas in the stores, it's confusing. Like you just, it's like a maze. And we got turned around and we're looking for help. How did we get out of here? And... And we, before you know, our eyes glance over to the other side of the aisle. We're like, oh, look at that. <laughs> My dad told Harris, like, we got to focus, man. We're, we've been in here like two hours. We haven't done anything. But touched all this other stuff that we don't need. And, and sometimes we ask God for things that we want. And our God in his love and his desire for us to truly have the life that he meant for us to have. Sometimes will tell us, no. We want this. And God says, I want you to have those things too, but I'm afraid if I give you that, you no longer want me. And we see that in our culture today where Christmas has become anything but about Jesus. And why is it that we, we know this because we as a church right here in Little Old Belton, Texas, right here in churches all over, First Baptist, you know, all of us, we fight so hard during this season on social media, everywhere we go, Merry Christmas, you know, and tell everyone, Jesus is the reason for the season. Whew, slap it on the back of our trucks and, and our cars. And, and that's good. Those are things that we should do. But that just goes to reinforce the fact that this time of year has become everything but about Jesus. It's become about leveraging ourselves with credit and with debt. And purchasing and filling holes and filling gaps and filling emotions with things and stuff. And trying to work so hard to put a smile on someone's face that's so temporary. When, when God sent a son wrapped in, in a swaddling manger with a bunch of animals. And he said, I'm going to give you a gift. That when you get this gift, you will smile for eternity. And this gift, come on, give God a praise. That's appropriate place. And, and this gift will be the hope of mankind. And this gift will never run out. And this gift will always give every day. And it becomes, once again, about Jesus. And so Jesus, in his own style, in his own fashion, he came wrapped not like this metal prison. <laughs> Not like this with a nice bow. He didn't come with this big triumphal entry. And that's what confused the people at that time. Because when they read the prophecies of Isaiah. And then when they read through Daniel and Ezekiel. And it talks about the Messiah. They pictured in their head like King David. Like a king of their times. Dressed in this royal purple with a crown and a scepter. And, and all these things. And, and so when Jesus came saying, I'm the king. They were looking for a present wrapped differently. And Jesus came in a way and packaged in a way that the world never saw coming. And few 
got to see it open. Few got to really see it for what it was. And in this clip, these kids were so busy looking for presents where they should be under the tree. The present was in the house the whole time. Right? Ralphie's gift was right there. He was looking under the tree where, come on, that's where all the presents are. What's wrong with dad and mom that they're sticking a present behind the table? Right? And often we're looking for this gift of Jesus, this gift of life, these things that we're asking for. Sometimes I believe in places where God has not put them because Scripture tells us that he's looking for people who will intentionally, actively pursue him. Meaning that on their own, without someone having to prod them or pry them or beg them or implore them, that people, his people, will intentionally, actively seek him out on their own. He says that if you, if you seek him, you will find him. And God has given us a gift, and his name is Jesus. Amen? And he's saying if you'll unwrap him this time of year, if you'll put Jesus, sorry for the cliche, put Christ back in Christmas, you know, if you'll put Jesus back in Christmas, if we'll put Christ back in this time of year, let's put Jesus not under the tree. Let's move the tree out of the way and say, Jesus, here's your spot in my home. Amen. This is what it's about. It's about you. Give God a praise. Sure. Amen. But life can be about disappointment. Disa- being disappointed means you're sad or you're displeased because someone or something has fulfilled to fulfill your hopes or your expectations. One more time. Being disappointed means sad or displeased because someone or something has failed to fulfill your hopes and your expectations. Has anyone else ever in here been disappointed before? All right, go through. Now, don't raise your hand on this next one because you might be sitting next to him. But has a spouse ever disappointed you? Don't say amen, guys. Don't, don't do that. Don't wake up at this moment and say amen. <laughs> Cowboys don't play till later. So. We've all been disappointed in life. I'll get in that line. I'll be the first one in that line. Sure. I've been disappointed before. Holly, why are you laughing? That was not even directed at you. So, but you know, if God is speaking to you. So, um, but we've all been disappointed in life. Sure, we've all had disappointments. We've all had to work through those, haven't we? We've all had to sometimes, listen, if you live long enough, life will not go your way. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. And, and sometimes life doesn't go your way. And when life doesn't go our way, we get really disappointed. We say, God, why didn't it work out this way? You know, I'm laboring, I'm trying, and I'm working so hard. And this is the thing that I want, God. And sometimes God is saying, I know you want that. But what you need and what you want, my son, my daughter, are two different things. And I do believe in Jeremiah 29, 11. I love that scripture as well. Those are awesome scriptures. But with that comes the knowledge in the Revelation Church. Hear my heart this morning is this, that we do serve a God that loves us more than we could ever imagine. I don't think until we get to heaven, and maybe even then, will we truly, fully comprehend the depth, the width, the height of his love. Amen? But he loves us enough to withhold some things from us. Again, because he doesn't want us, at the end of the day, to love that more than we love him and cherish that more than we cherish him and i believe as we mature i believe god opens more doors for us for prosperity and for favor and those things absolutely that does come with maturity but hear my heart today as we unwrap jesus and as we talk about jesus these great expectations that we have i believe we do serve a god who wants us to expect great things from him 
I think we should start expecting God for great things. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. You know what? Yeah, give God a praise. Sure. Amen. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about, we've been talking a lot about at this church, what, what the future looks like for Crossroads Church. We've outlined some big, big dreams, but we serve a big God. Amen. Why would we want to limit the creator of the universe? Why would we hope and wish for something small? What God, I believe, is saying to, to the Christ follower in here today, the disciple in here today, if you're walking with God, I believe you can start expecting some things from God. I truly believe that. My mother's dad and mom are passed away. They're, they're without no doubt in the presence of the Lord. And my granddad, who, uh, uh, who was, I don't know how to really define him. He was, uh, he was a man of God full of the Holy Spirit and wanted everyone to know about his relationship with Jesus Christ. Literally. And I can remember as a kid going through Walmart or they had a lake house in Lake Livingston. So a lot of times we go buy bait at this local bait shop. And, and I can just remember these moments. My granddad literally just not, just telling people about Jesus all the time. And, um, and, and, and years earlier, he had hurt his knees. So as long as I can remember, he walked, he walked like this. And, uh, but that never stopped him from doing everything that he needed to do. He was a doer. He was a tasker. He was a finisher. He was an accomplisher. And, um, and I, I can remember... Uh, When we would go over there, a lot of times they would watch us as my parents worked, and they would watch my brother and I. And, man, we had them wrapped around our fingers. Kind of like my grandparents who are here today, my dad's parents. And, man, John and I could ask for anything. And I'm not making this up. And they had, my my grandparents, my grandmother, uh, built into the cabinet was this big kind of oval-shaped, half-circle-shaped drawer kind of set under a cabinet. And it was, when you pull it out, it was full of sugar. I mean, pounds of sugar. And we would walk by, and she would scoop it out, and she would just pour it in our mouths. And we, we didn't have to even ask anymore. We just walked by, and she'd whoop, slide it open whoop, and just dump it in our mouths, man. And we said, Grandmother, we want some more sugar. Oh, honey, you go have whatever you want, you know. And we just pour And we said, Granddad, we, you know, we want McDonald's. All right, I'll get up. I'll go get you McDonald's. And he'd get up, and he'd go get us. And we just began to expect those things. Amen? And I'm telling you, I, I'm using that humor of that truth, but to tell you that I believe that we, we're, sitting on, we're sitting on dead dreams, some of us are. We're sitting on dreams that have perished. We're sitting on dreams that have been buried. We're sitting on dreams that, that we, we believe at one point were for us. And, and for whatever reason, we've dismissed them and said, well, I've forgotten about some of that. Or some, I've just moved on. Or I'm too old to do that now. Or I'm too far along in life. Or Pastor Matt, you don't understand. I don't have the energy for that anymore. And I believe God is calling us to expect great things from Him. Amen? Yeah, we should start expecting, amen, great things from our God. Why not? So what would it look like if in 2015 you began to truly live the life God meant for you to have? And you began to expect great things. See, church, when we put our hope, when we put all of our faith in people or in the culture of this world, guess what? We're going to be disappointed. We will be let down. I will disappoint you. Your husband will. Your wife will. People will disappoint you. People are going to let you down. But God the Father is not capable of, being, of disappointing you. He can't do that. He will give you the life you are meant to have if that's the life you want. If you want the life that you're meant to have, I'm telling you today, and giving you permission to begin to expecting greater things from the Lord. Listen, God is the only person who can outdo himself every time. Amen? Psalm 42, 11. It says, oh, my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. 
Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore the Lord earnestly wants, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect and look and long for him. Amen. Today is our day to start believing for something great and for something good. For every parent in here who has a child like Holly and I do, regardless of what stage they are in life, I know this to be true. My parents are here. As parents, we want great things for our kids. We just do. We want them to have a better life than we've ever had. We want them to have a great life. We want them to have all the things, the hearts, uh, the desires of their heart, and that they would be filled and that they would go on to have amazing, tremendous, world-impacting lives. If you don't, you need to start wanting that for your kids. Amen. And so we want that for our kids. If we as earthly parents can have those type of desires for our kids and as flawed and as messed up and as jacked up as we are, and we all are, how much more does our God in heaven, who is perfect in all of his ways, look down upon his children and say, I want you to have the life that I meant for you. Joy unspeakable, full of the Holy Ghost, amen. Joy that the world can never take away. Joy that extends, amen, beyond the dollar, beyond the job, beyond this culture. A life that you are meant to have. I'm telling you today, unpack the life that you're meant to have. Ra- unwrap the life that is meant for you. But that is only found in Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet all across this place. The only life that you're meant to have can only be found in the gift of God the Father. And that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never met Jesus as your personal Savior, if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you're here today and you've never confessed your sins to the Lord, this is your time to do it. This is your time to start living the life that you were meant to have. By God the Father. It's time, amen, that we expect big things. It's time that we dream big. It's time that we expect great things from God. We can have faith and we can have hope and all of those things that we put in God. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for today and I thank you for this moment. I think as we gather together, Lord, just right before the, the end of this year, as we conclude what's happened this year, as we book in this year, as so many things have happened these last 12 months. We've had some really high highs. We've had some really low lows. We've had some of our expectations met, but probably more than not, more often we've been left disappointed only because we've expected people to live up maybe to expectations that they're not even capable of living up to. We've placed them on them. Or maybe we've expected someone to do something for us and we put our hope and our trust in them. So God, we turn that over to you. We place that all in your hands today. Lord, we ask for your wisdom as we live life today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Matt, I, at this, there's no more appropriate time for me to declare my faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to walk with the Jesus that you're talking about. I want to know him like you're talking about. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Yes, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes, sir. We're going to pray this prayer. We're going to say this prayer out loud together. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I confess you as Lord of my life. I believe that you died for me. And in three days, 
you rose from the grave. And the Bible says, you sit at the right hand of God the Father. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So be, give the Lord a praise today. Amen.